Development Psychology Podcast. I am Charlotte Skogsberg, your host for this podcast. I am enchanted to meet and to take you with me on this journey into the human psyche viewed from the holistic approach of yoga and Ayurveda and viewed from the modern man approach of clinical psychology and psychoanalysis. So have something nice to drink next to you, maybe a cup of tea, have a seat, or go out for a nice walk in nature maybe. Enjoy. In this episode that focuses on Ayurveda, I want to speak to you about my upcoming challenge to myself. That is um, upcoming for me as I speak right now, but actually will be in the midst of it all when you listen to this, maybe. I've decided to call the episode Stepping Out of My Comfort Zone and Into Vipassana, because I will be signing off from life as I know it on a daily basis in the week and retreat into the mountains in order to sit down with my eyes closed and my body as immobile as possible for 10 hours per day during 10 days which is the concept of a Vipassana meditation retreat. It is not your typical retreat where you go into some beautiful setting where you will be pampered and cleansed of this, that and the other through massages juices and all kinds of beautiful things but instead retreating in well what I would say originally we would hear by the word retreat to scale off to peel off the layers of all the decorations that we have become so accustomed to all our distractions and to find ourselves with ourselves in the naked rawness of stillness. We could maybe start with just looking at what this vipassana is as opposed to just meditation, or other types of meditation. And I want to also secondly come into how it relates of course to um Ayurveda, because I am speaking about it obviously in this episode on Ayurveda. When it comes to Vipassana versus other types of meditation, I guess that the biggest difference in my understanding is that we are actively turning our attention inwardly in order to get a clearer understanding on who we truly are through the observation 
And this is where the concept of mindfulness would come in, I suppose. The observation of the arising and passing different states of my consciousness. And through this observation of the body sensations over the days that you sit there and do this, the insights that you withdraw, take with you, are that you come to realize the impermanence of the world, of the different states that you are in, of these different aspects that you have become so used to calling I. But due to this impermanence of everything, another insight that comes to you when you see that is how unsatisfactory the nature of the different states of your consciousness are since in any case, they're always impermanent, which means that whether it's pleasure or pain, it will naturally transition into something else and therefore will only really be partial to a certain extent since it's not permanent. And thirdly, the fact of realizing these two first insights of the impermanence and how therefore it's partial or not to its satisfaction brings in the non-self aspect of the different states. I would want to say that these aspects that supposedly are what you will take with you when you come away from Vipassana are very similar to the teachings of Karma Yoga from the Bhagavad Gita and therefore has as a secondary effect the arising and strengthening of your own personal integrity. Now this is how I then bring it into why would Ayurveda recommend Vipassana? How does this thinking relate to Ayurveda? And this is, of course, because they come from the same base when it comes to balance in life or I would want to go as far as to say liberation, freedom of suffering. If we take under consideration that Ayurveda stems from a logic of the universe as being built up of consciousness and matter, and that anything that is subject to change is therefore not consciousness, but naturally matter, since matter has as its properties 
the faces of creation, duration, and destruction. Therefore, ever-changing. And that the reason we suffer is because we confuse what is permanent with what is impermanent. And that the work of Ayurveda in terms of aligning with the law of nature permits to clarify that there's an aspect of me that is permanent, never changing, that can shine through, as in my true nature can shine through when I've clearly seen the difference between matter and consciousness within me. Now, the confusion is on the level of the mind, on the level of the ego that will constantly seek the instant gratification in any moment because by nature our mind will seek pleasure and move away from pain. However, as I've been sp speaking already many times about our tendencies, when the doshas inside of me bring me in a tendency which would be to be irregular, which would be to be intense and transformative, or which would be to stagnate and accumulate, then I will move towards imbalance. The more I allow for the confusion to exist and to perpetuate, the more difficult it becomes to actually see my true nature, of course. Now, I have spoken recently of integrity, which is something that emerges from the work of, well, let's call it that, separating what is permanent and what is, is eternal, as I allow for my true nature to really strengthen and lead me and guide me. There's a whole procedure of things that we can do, right, in our everyday life, in terms of routine, healthy habits, investigating in our mind, in our emotions. When you step away from society and you allow for all of those distractions that you've become so accustomed to use in order to fill up the anxiety, the holes, you are faced all of a sudden with the absence of those distractions. And in that moment, you have no other option than to be with the states that emerge when that instant satisfaction, gratification is no longer coming. As you then have to face the different states that emerge, the withdrawal, really, of the habit, of the addiction. And you do this in these surroundings where you sit down and you observe the arising and passing of the states. Then you can actually learn to make a distinct difference between what is 
truly you, the part that is there observing in the background. And what is subject to change? The rising and the passing of these states of consciousness that becomes ever so much stronger in the moment of the withdrawal. Therefore, it is a wonderful opportunity to observe how your doshas have been out of balance and you've been compensating with different strategies to not have to deal with the imbalance of the dosha that of course brings up all the different kinds of things that we've spoken about in the past anxieties sleeplessness hunger digestive issues inflammation depression weight gain weight loss and so on and so forth all of these things that are actually signs of imbalance that we then suppress through our compensatory strategies and the compensatory strategies are of course all those addictions that we surround ourselves with that we're not even aware of often in a moment of complete withdrawal of all of those naturally the full expression of the imbalance is going to come to the surface. And since you take on, therefore, this procedure, let's say, of observing them, not reacting to them, allowing for them to pass, in an environment, environment where you have not got the option of filling the need with the addiction, your organism has finally the opportunity to bring itself back to balance. Let me take an example that, of course, is very relatable for me because of my heated nature, let's say. <laughs> Having quite the dominance of the pitta dosha and being as well, I guess, I think I've always had this, of course, but being as well in a moment, I believe, in life where my fire has been burning strongly and so maybe I become a little bit more sensitive to it and of course with the habits that I have had for many years the tendency that is mine and living in a climate that enhances of course this fire one of the ways that I've been compensating is by making sure to be in a really cool place so air conditioning for instance Air conditioning in a hot place can be a great compensatory strategy for someone who's already heated and who wants to continue with their heated practices even though the environment that they're in wouldn't really allow them to. If I did not have the option of air conditioning, there would be a whole lot of things that just would not be possible for me. And I would have to adapt my behaviors daily in order to keep the heat down. Now, as long as I can compensate somehow, it allows for me to continue doing what I do. 
And when you step away from the habitual life with your AC, with your whatever it might be that you have around you, all of a sudden you don't have the option, which means that you're going to have to cool down the system in other ways. Or should I say, instead of cooling down, not allowing for the heating to happen so much. This is, of course, what we see as well when people retreat and their habits and addictions have been taken away from them, stripped off from the help. One of the things we often see is tiredness. People are just being very tired. I can't tell you how many times I've taught yoga for a group of people on retreat and they, number one, fall asleep in Shavasana, number two, fall asleep in meditation maybe as well, and number three, just feel really sore the next day after a yoga class because they haven't got all those helps around them and basically their system is finally being hurt. So then what we need to do is to lean into that, to allow for that to happen and respond accordingly. So whenever they say this to me, oh, I can't believe it, I just keep falling asleep in meditation or in Shavasana after the yoga practice, I tell them it's because your system needs it. So don't resist it, don't fight it. Let yourself fall asleep, take the rest that you need. And God knows we often need much more rest than we believe we do. And what you'll see is that naturally, after a while, we don't fall asleep anymore when we're not supposed to sleep. There's several things, as I'm standing in the prepara preparation of going to this Vipassana 10-day silent retreat, that scare me. And I've been thinking about doing this for many years, actually, and never dare to until, well, really, someone who's very important and whose opinion um, has a great importance for me suggested that I do it. And so I said, yeah, let's take the, the bull by the horn and sign up. And so I did. I will be very excited to share my experience with you once I come back. But more than excited about sharing the experience, I'm very intrigued to see how I will respond to the peeling off of my addictions, of my compensatory strategies. Because like I've said many times, it's easy to be Buddha on a mountain. It's when you go into the village. It is when the warrior stands in its dharma, stands in the battlefield, that the real work begins. So, see you on the other side. Thank you so much for 
choosing to listen to this podcast and this episode. I am very grateful. If you enjoyed this and you think that other people could enjoy this, please help me to spread the word. Share this episode on any channel that you have of social media or messaging. And even more so, I would really appreciate if you know one other person who might benefit from my words today specifically. Take that one minute it takes to simply share this episode with one person. Remember that there's a human being on the other side of your phone, of your earpods, of this microphone. And I would love to hear your thoughts on what I've been talking about. So please leave a comment. Send me a message directly if you wish. This is Charlotte. This is me. See you next time. Namaste. Mm-hmm.